Hey, this is Brian with Mid-City Vineyard. If you want to learn a little bit more about Mid-City Vineyard Church, you can check us out online, midcityvineyard.org. Check us out on Facebook, Mid-City Vineyard Church, and also on Instagram, at Mid-City Vineyard. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been in a series entitled The Sermon on the Mount. We've been in Matthew chapter 5, looking at the Beatitudes, also known as the Blesseds. In this particular teaching, uh, our friend Christy Janson will be teaching Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoy this. And uh, we look forward to meeting you in the hopefully not too distant future. Much peace to you. So Brian pretty much just took my intro about what we've been doing over the past couple of weeks. Yes, we, um, like he said, we've gotten a teaching team together, and at our first meeting, he hands out the schedule of who's teaching what and when, and, you know, I'll look down the list, and I'm like, pure in heart? Look, of all the Beatitudes, you picked me for pure in heart? <laughs> That's not what I was thinking. <laughs> and um, I was like, did you just randomly pick these, or were you just like, oh, they're good for this one, they're good for this one? And he was like, no, I just stuck the name. So here I am. I am today doing um, Matthew 5, 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And the message version, which is my favorite, is you are blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. So that was the scripture that I was given. And honestly, I've never done a teaching like this before. I've always done, you know, read this book and teach on this, like, you know, that type of teaching. Not necessarily you're given a scripture of like, eight words and you're like here do a 20 minute talk on this and I'm like I don't even know what this means and he's like exactly you have to study and I was like well I haven't been in school in like 15 years how do I study you know and I'm like I just want a book and read the book and then you go off and like everything that you read in this book is right on and you just teach the people that like that's how my brain is focused so the next day I walk into my office or our office and on my desk is this stack of books <laughs> And for those of you who can't see my books, <laughs> and I was like, are you kidding? I have three weeks. Like, how am I going to read these books? But then on top it says red bookmarks. So, so to give him some credit, he did go through them for me. And he, you know, put little tabs everywhere where um, the book spoke on this particular beatitude. So just letting you all know, I did lots of studying. Like he said, in community, we did, it, we did it together through prayer, through lots of reading, through different authors, listening to podcasts. My kids have had the most boring three weeks of summer because I have been studying and they've been at home. So, so they are very excited for this talk to be over because tomorrow starts summer for us. <laughs> so, okay, let's dive in here. Um, I'm going to read it again just so we can um, get started again. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. 
So as we're putting on our thinking caps while we're getting to getting into this message, the first thing I'm going to ask for you to do is to to set heaven and hell aside. Okay, this message is not about heaven and hell. So go ahead and put that on the side for a minute. I think everyone in this room we can agree that we all long to hear God, right? We all long to see him. We want to feel his presence. It's something I think we all have in common. And the scripture here, this beatitude says, the pure in heart, for they will see God. So how many of you would raise your hand and be like, I'm the pure in heart? You know, don't raise your hand. Just kidding. Just kidding. Don't raise your hand. <laughs> but let's think about it. Let's think over the last week. If you could just take a minute to think back, where did you see God? Where, did, where do you see God right now in this room? Where have you experienced God throughout the week? Do we pause long enough to see God? So this requires us to really dig deep into our own hearts. So reading through these books, you know all these authors don't agree with one another, right? So you have to come up with some ideas on your own through your studies and through, like I said, in community, we all talk and talk and talk. We hash so many things out to come up with where some of what are where we stand. And so this beatitude throughout these different authors, they're looked at in two different ways. One is it's an announcement, right? It's describing what the kingdom of God is. Or some of the authors say it's an invitation. So which is it? An announcement towards reality, or is it a list of things to change about yourself? So my conclusion is, yes, it's both. It is the good news, and it's an invitation to change. The interesting thing about this particular beatitude is that Jesus never tells us specifically what pure in heart is. He kind of leaves us hanging. Actually, after he spoke this beatitude, he never mentions again about the pure in heart. Although he does he does talk a lot about what an impure heart looks like. So that's where we're going to begin today. In Luke All right. In Luke 6:45 it says a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Think about that. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Impurity of heart has a lot to do with your interior life. So have you guys, I'm sure most of you have, if you're visiting, I'm sure you'll visit it while you're here. Have you been to the New Orleans mausoleums? They are beautiful when you go there. There are fresh flowers everywhere. They're taken care of really well. They're very well kept. It smells great. It looks great. They even have huge water fountains that just bring that peaceful presence of the rainfall. But we all know what's on the other side of that wall, right? We all know that it's dry bones, stanky smell, dust. It's death, right, on the other side of the wall. 
So impure means dressing up something on the outside, whereas the inside is still remains self-righteous and calloused, just like the Pharisees. Listen to what Jesus has to say in Matthew 23, 27. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which looks beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Another familiar example of an impure heart in the Bible is Luke 18, 10 through 12. It's the story of the taxman and the Pharisee. He told this next story to some who were com complacently pleased with themselves over their moral performances and looked down their nose at the common people. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one Pharisee, the other a taxman. The Pharisee posed and prayed like this, Oh God, I thank you that I am not like the other people, robbers, crooks, adulterers, or heaven forbid like this taxman. I fast twice a week and tithe on all my income. Have you ever thanked God that you're not like somebody else? I'm sure you've thanked God that you're not like me with five kids, right? <laughs> Meanwhile, the tax man slumped in the shadows, his face in his hands, not daring to look up, said, God, give me mercy. Forgive me. I'm a sinner. And Jesus commented, this tax man, not the other, went home, made right with God. If you walk around with your nose in the air, you're going to end up flat on your face. But if you're content to be simply yourself, you will become more than yourself. So these are some of the examples in the Bible on what a pure heart looks like. I mean, an impure heart looks like. So an impure heart is a prideful heart, a judgmental heart. So let's dive into what a pure heart is. So what we're going to look at are these words separately. We're going to look at purity first. So the word used for purity as a description of the heart is simply the word clean. So purity means clean. Jesus says that it's those who possess a clean heart is who can see God. Paul speaks of the eyes of the heart, and Jesus talks about the eyes as a window of the soul. I love that. Think about that. Your eye is a window to your soul. The, um, the heart of man is like a window, which, if clean, can perceive God at work in the world. We can see God. We can observe God. We can recognize God at work. But if the window to our heart is full of junk, we cannot see God. So, heart. In the Hebrew psychology, heart literally stands for the human center, the home of personal feelings, willing, and thinking. So we can translate pure in heart as clean at center. 
Jesus is blessing people centered on God because they will see God. When will they see God? Now. They will see God here and now in their present, everyday, ordinary life. In the Beatitudes, Jesus seems to bless people at the center where they're most like themselves. Think about that. When we remove all of the layers of, of what all of the junk, all the stuff, all the brokenness we've been to, what is at our center? Poor in spirit, mourning, powerless, hungering for righteousness, last week that we were taught on merciful, and now pure in heart. So Jesus does not bless so much the people, um, the person's hands at their core, so all the doing that we do. I know for me, a, a church that I grew up in, we were, we were taught just to do a lot of things, basically like keeping our hands busy. Um, it wasn't that long ago, a couple years ago, it was a huge re revelation for myself. I realized that for the last 30 years or 20 years, I guess, I've been a doer for Christ, which is not a bad thing. Doing things is great. We Volunteering, it's a great thing to do. Bible studies, it's a great thing to do. Mission trips, all of these things we can do and do. And I've been very busy in my lifetime doing a lot of things. But what I figured out is that I wasn't ever really working on my center. I was never really working on my core, on my relationship with God. Um, the type of church that I grew up in, I never felt like I measured up, and so I kept doing. I, I kept trying. We were told, you know, you have. I was given a list of have tos, the things you had to do. You have to read your Bible. You have to pray every day. You have to, have to, have to. And so I never felt like I could measure up. And and honestly to them, I don't think I did measure up. So it was a very eye-opening thing for me. Um, but what I love about this beatitude is God is not asking us to do anything. We do not have to perform. We don't have to put on a show. We don't have to pray the right prayers the right way at the right times. If we are prideful and we judge everyone, we will never be able to see God at work in the lives of others. We will only see our own sin and their sin. So the pure in heart, to be pure in heart is to set aside judging. Think about Zacchaeus, the woman at the well, Peter. They all quit judging. And why? Because they were done. They were done doing all that. They had been doing that, and they were done. And so since they were done, they were able to see God, unlike the Pharisees. God longs for us to be on a journey working towards him, towards loving other people, towards not being prideful, to not be judgmental. This is what can make our heart pure, and then we'll have the ability to see. In John 9, 39 through 41, Jesus basically calls the Pharisees out. It's pretty cool. He basically said, hey, you guys, you're blind. And they're like, they're thrown back. They're like, what are you talking about? The Pharisees, they thought that they could see everything. And they thought that they qualified to judge others. So they remained blind from seeing God. 
if they were able, if they could have been honest with themselves, if they could have acknowledged that they were human beings just like everyone else, that they were sinners just like everyone else, and that they had limitations just like everyone else, then they could have realized that they were misjudging and misinterpreting things. They could have recognized the work of God, and they could have begun a process of learning how to see God. But instead, they focused on themselves. They focused on their own spiritual pride. You see, the same window that allows light in so that we can see our own sin is also the window that we can look outward and see the work of God. So like I said earlier, if that window is full of dirt and grit and grime, the visual I kind of get with it is like love bug season when you're driving and your car just hits with all those nasty love bugs and then you do the worst thing in the world and you use your windshield wiper fluid and you try to wash them off and then it's just like, you know, nasty. So if that is what your window is looking like, you can't, you cannot see out. You will not be able to see God. So let's bring it back to the original question. Is it an announcement or is it an invitation to change? So think back, when it, visualize this. When Jesus stood before the crowd and listing all of the Beatitudes and giving his sermon on the Mount. Do you think that when he got to blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God, do you think the crowd actually understood what he meant? Remember, he didn't describe what pure in heart meant. He just made the announcement. When he started with blessed are the poor in spirit, I'm sure a few people thought, that's me, yeah. You know, I will raise my hand to that one. Blessed are those who mourn, yes, that's me too. And he continued, and many people felt like he was speaking directly to them. But when he got to blessed are the pure in heart, remember for the Jews this wasn't about heaven and hell. So I'm sure the crowd was somewhat baffled about what this meant. But as we learn today, the Pharisees, those guys, they puffed up their chest and they're like, yeah, that's me, I'm pure in heart. He's speaking right to me. But this beatitude was actually a prophecy. It was a work in progress. This was something that carried on for three more years. So I say, yes, it is an announcement. It is the good news. And yes, it's an invitation to change. An invitation to examine our own heart. One of these authors in here, this guy, Roar, he says, if there is coldness and unforgiveness, or the desire to do violence verbally, or just to avert your loving gaze so that another person will feel your rejection, you will not be able to see clearly. The heart is not pure. Think about yourself. Have you ever intentionally hurt somebody? Have you ever intentionally said something to someone because you just knew it was going to hit them in that right spot, right? And then you felt horrible at Or maybe vice versa, maybe it happened to you. Maybe you got beat up with those words. Maybe it was you. How does it leave you feeling? It's terrible, it's ugly. Think about this. What would our church and our own personal life look like if we disqualified ourselves from judging? 
What if I disqualified myself from judging? What if I took that stand? What if you took that stand? What would we see? We would see the work of God everywhere. Instead of seeing everybody's faults and sins, we would see God at work in the lives of others. We would see Jesus in our everyday, our ordinary life, even the sinner's lives. Sometimes the world becomes a much more beautiful place simply by being able to see God, to see the, his work at present in the lives of others. So what an invitation we have before us to examine our own hearts. Jesus is inviting us to look into our own hearts, to go on an inward journey towards him. Maybe tonight before we take communion, I know Brian's going to come up and we're going to worship and song a little bit longer. But while we're worshiping, maybe you can do a little inward journey. Maybe you can dig into your heart a little bit and see maybe what there might be some work that has to be done tonight or over the next couple of days, weeks, years. Um, in, in the talk tonight, maybe there was something specific that tugged on your heart. Maybe your window has been darkened, filled with love bug grime, and you realize tonight that maybe your window's not so clean. Maybe you're realizing it's time to forgive yourself for something that you've never been able to forgive yourself for. Maybe you worry too much about what other people think. Maybe you're realizing tonight that you do judge a little too much. Now is a great time to disqualify yourself from judging others. Maybe tonight you just don't feel so pure at heart. Maybe you feel like you don't measure up. Maybe tonight you need the good news and to know that it isn't about being a doer of Christ. But our Father is inviting, inviting us into something more, something bigger, something deeper. He wants us to find our center. And what's in our center? Our hearts. He wants you to go on that inward journey with him. God is the only one that can deal with our impure hearts, our junk. He's the only one that can make our impure heart pure. So tonight, I just want to encourage you while we're um, worshiping, well, um, just to really work on yourself. Think, think and feel and use your ears to hear God while we worship and as we do communion.